0: online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: This lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are Locked On Box, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Box, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day
2: him down, Giannis, into the line. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend, Frank Madden. Frank, the
3: Milwaukee Bucks are 3-1. and one. They are, and, you know, Giannis Adetokounmpo, the new normal, 32 points, 14 boards, 6 assists, a couple blocks, a steal. Did have 6 turnovers, but 13-21 um, shooting, again, you know, right in that range that we've seen him at. It was actually slightly lower than some of his his, uh, averages in terms of obviously the points per game. I joked on Twitter that his uh, points per game number uh, plummeted tonight to (laughs) uh, what is it at now? I think it plummeted from 38.3 to 36.8 points per game. So really i don't know
2: if he's gonna recover from that
3: yeah his true shooting mark which you know again factors in free throws and the increased value of three pointers um the best kind of you know measure for for all inclusive sort of shooting efficiency um scoring efficiency uh that was around 71 percent heading to the game dropped all the way to 70 percent so just kind of a below average game i think you know and and i mean it's you know it's just kind of crazy what we're kind of just getting used to and taking for granted at this point but um, yeah I mean Giannis again was the engine of everything scored the first seven points for the Bucks and uh, got them off to a quick start then he missed four in a row but certainly as the game went on he you know again just uh, made his presence felt in every way possible and only downside six turnovers you know it had some had some bad passes today um, a couple of just sort of you know questionable decisions just kind of you know tap on the chest type plays where he you know was like oh yeah that was definitely um, yeah but but overall again Giannis, the engine of uh a win that i would say was not super impressive by any stretch but nope. you know you look at kind of the end result a 103 94 win over the charlotte Hornets, a team that is dealing with injuries right now they were without michael Kid gilchrist without cody zeller Nicola Batum is out, what, another month or something like that? I mean, he's he's he for been out for a little while. Um, so, again, you know, on the one side, yeah, this is a game that you really want to win. Um, drops the Hornets to one and two. Um, but it's, again, you kind of come out of this and you just say, bank it. You know, just bank the win um, as our... Dear friend Ted Davis would say, get it earning interest in the bank um, because, you know, getting these conference wins, getting these wins at home, um, it's just a good thing, right? I mean, you're going to have some issues during the season, fine um but at a minimum you know just kind of keep winning games and um certainly areas that can be improved on again that we saw tonight but overall um you know maybe not a, a most comfortable win but certainly one that was encouraging on a number of fronts and um as, yeah. as, by
2: the time we get to by the time we get to March uh, I don't remember that that 103-94 victory over the Hornets was a super ugly basketball game I just remember that <laughs> they beat the Hornets by nine points and took care of business early in the season uh so yeah it's uh it's gonna be uh, i mean this this young team keeps on winning games close and uh obviously the scoreline by the end of the game is a nine point game but this was a game that was tight and it, it was tight in the final couple minutes, so he had a tie. Uh, Bucks go up 96-94, uh, and then Giannis finds Chris late in the clock, and Middleton ends up hitting a three, his first one since the season opener. I think he was uh, one, uh, one for his last... 15 before that one so one for 15 to start the season uh and he hits that one to go two for 16 and it was a good time to hit it uh because he, he ends up helping put the game away and then he also had the block on the other end uh post game everyone was kind of making fun of chris because chris isn't necessarily a, a high flyer <laughs> um so greg monroe was in the locker room loudly declaring that it doesn't count as a block. We can't call it a block because it was still on the rubber when he got it. Uh, so he didn't actually pin it on the glass. He pinned it on the rubber part of the backboard. Uh, I think Kid, during his press con- conference, joked that that's Chris's first block since high school uh, and encouraged all of us to find out when his last block was. Uh, <laughs> and Chris <laughs> confirmed that's the last time he had a block like that. He's like, yeah, I think it was high school. Um, so, I, I mean, that's just kind of the spot this team is in. I think that. I guess that atmosphere, that environment, uh, that just general attitude kind of speaks to where this team is right now. They're winning close games. Uh, sometimes it's not pretty, but they're a very confident team right now. And I just think it's kind of, it's kind of fun to watch this team right now. Even on a night where, where things didn't go so well, uh, on a night where things did get a little bit ugly, that you go out here and you see them get a win that i just think that's huge uh going forward that last year maybe in the final month or so obviously they have that 14 and 4 march and uh close out the se- season on a strong note but there were so many games last year where you thought oh if only they hit this free throw only they do this, and you would try to take moral victories out of it and say, well, Giannis still had a good game, and he played well down the stretch if maybe if other people didn't, or you would do whatever you could to kind of justify a loss, and I think we're in a spot now where, one, as fans, I'm not seeing many people do that. Uh, after the, the Cleveland loss, it, it was, the Bucks have to be better. There was no, well, Giannis still scored 34, it, it's great. It was no. You you have to compete against these teams, and those are the teams that you're measuring yourself against. And I don't know. It, it's just kind of a, a to me. Obviously, someone who's talked about the Bucks now for four or five years, as someone who's written about them even longer, and someone who's been a fan for his entire life. Like this is kind of a, a weird spot and a weird feeling that when they get in these situations, I, I'm slowly turning from. Man, how are the Bucks going to screw this one up? to, Well, they'll figure it out. That's such a strange feeling as a Bucks fan to think, "Oh yeah, they got this." Like Giannis will make a play, or even in that moment as he passes it to Chris, you're thinking, "Man, Chris hasn't hit a shot, and he hits it." And when you ask Giannis about it post game, he looks me right in the eye and says, "Don't worry about Chris." He's the last guy you got to worry about. He's going to get out. I had asked about a slump, so he's going to get out of the slump. Next game, he could hit seven of them. We don't worry about that. We trust him. We know he's a leader, and he led defensively today too. There's 78 more games plus playoffs. We know he'll always be there for us. So th- there's no doubts in that locker room, and uh, I-, I think it kind of speaks to what Giannis is doing that in th- these two in two of these wins, late in the game, it was. His passing, we see the the big numbers he's putting up as a scorer, but in those games late, the other team said, okay, we're going to put up a wall, we're going to force you to pass it, and against Boston, he, he passed it out to Delhi and Delhi hit the three, and tonight he passes it out to Chris, and Chris hits the
0: three. So uh, this is a team that's playing very confidently right now. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique.
3: yeah I mean, we talked about before the season, obviously, a big storyline was continuity and how do they you know leverage that to to get an advantage over especially some of these teams early in the calendar, or especially with you know some good teams coming up on that calendar. and obviously they they did not pass the first big, big test against Cleveland. but you know, certainly the win in Boston, regardless of you know Gordon Hayward injury or not, you, you absolutely have to be thrilled with that win. That's still you know I think clearly the best win that they've had. Um, and bouncing back from that Cleveland loss, you know, the next night to to pull out a win against a Blazers team that obviously has the offensive firepower to beat anyone on any given night, and then come back into a game on Monday. And I know there were, you know a few folks who tweeted out, you know, hey, this is a game that last year you you, you think the Bucks have a you know and not necessarily that they would this is a game they definitely lose last year because you know still i mean they won a lot of these games but this is a game that they are probably less likely to win last year that maybe they are more likely to kind of you know hit a banana peel against uh, a team that is eh you know solid middle you know but should probably should be a playoff team in the east just by default even with all their injuries um but by the same token you know monday night after kind of a big weekend you know a game that maybe a young team doesn't get as emotionally engaged with and obviously that's the kind of thing that you know when you if you want to be good you have to get you have to get over and you know i mentioned our over under pods you know i I put the over under on wins at home at i think 28 which is high relative to where they've been they've been 23 and 18 at home each of the last three seasons which again speaks to a weird consistency for a team whose overall record has varied greatly over the last three years um But again, if you want to be a team that is going to compete for a top four spot, you can't be just slightly above 500 at home, right? You have to be really good. You have to have a clear advantage. And so if you, yeah, if you go 28 and 13, that's, you know, winning over two thirds of your games. Um, that's basically kind of where all the you know better teams in the East last year were at. So that was kind of my goal there. And you know certainly right now you look at the Bucks, yeah, they're two and one. Okay, they've won two thirds of their games. Now this is where you have to keep that up in order to get to that 28 win mark. And um, obviously, big game coming up. We'll talk later this week about the Mecca game, the court, uh, the replica Robert Indiana uh, Mecca Court is uh, is looks ready to go. Which you've seen some some social media stuff. We'll talk more about that. So that's exciting. I'm jealous. To everybody, including you, who gets to go to that, but um, but yeah, I mean, again, it, you know, to, a large component right now is how do you just scrape out wins? And I think tonight, um, certainly, this was a bit of a, a bit of a scraper. This was not a comprehensive victory. Um, but you know, again, I think Chris Middleton making plays late. You know, Chris again, part part of my you know optimism around the Bucs, especially offensively. I mean, they've been you know with Giannis still pretty good offensively um in for the most part really um I, I think the the question you know was okay well maybe Giannis doesn't score 38 points per game but i also know that chris middleton isn't going to shoot you know 10 percent from three all season um i know he's going to get better uh and and i think tonight again slow start um i think he was was like two for eight or something like that to start the game three of um,
2: twelve at the half three
3: of twelve yeah so and he ends up um eight for 19 so that means the second half he goes five out of seven and again that shot you mentioned hitting that that you know key uh straightaway three that I think it took them from what 90 uh, from a 2. To, eight, to, 90, yeah, to five 94. yep yeah exactly so that was really the one that kind of put it away and then you know Chris making a big block and then Giannis um making a big block as well late in the game and I didn't, you know, you don't think of like guys having clutch being clutch defenders, (laughs) but um, you know, Chris, I feel like has made a bunch of, you know, he, he's tended to make big sort of steals in fourth quarters, maybe not blocks. Um, And Giannis, I mean, you know, Saturday being the prime example, but that is not the first time that Giannis has come up with big blocks late in games. You know, and off the top of my head, I just remember the Portland game in Portland last year, he had a big block late Um, the game at home against the Timberwolves. He had a big block late. he, for whatever reason, seems to come up with blocks in, in crucial moments in, in some of these games for the bucks, which, um, again, uh, that's just another way that, that Giannis kind of differentiates himself. And I think, you know, is uh, the points and, and all the st- all the stats offensively are incredible. Um, but the fact that he is such a, a, an impact player defensively and can make big plays, you know, late in games, uh, It really speaks to just how how well-rounded he is and obviously just sort of the impact he has and how rare that is. But um, anyway, I don't know if we – do we have anything else Giannis-specific or should we talk about non-Giannis stuff? I mean, I know everybody loves talking about Giannis. I don't know if we want to talk about kind of what we saw from him today, if we saw anything different than usual today.
2: No, I just think uh, there was a general sloppiness to his play. Um, And after the game, I asked him about that, and he said, well, you know, I just have to be better. Um, a bunch of those were they were my fault. I have to I have to clean up what I'm doing. So um, I thought that was all pretty simple and straightforward. But other than that, I mean, he, like you said, it's a new normal. That's that's strange. And as unfair as it sounds, like part of me thinks, man, Giannis didn't even play that good. Uh, the, <laughs> the, there was so there was so many because he, he doesn't take shots all that far away. And you're just, you just get so used to him finishing at the rim that when you see him miss some of those short ones, you're like, man, he should have had that one. Right. Um, but it, it just speaks to how spoiled we've become at this point uh, to, to even have just the basic thought that 32-14-6, 2-1 uh, could be a, a bad game. From Giannis, so uh, he's he's in a different stratosphere at this point. Uh, looking at some of the other things, um, I think I'll go. I mean, I think we should go because we're already there. We've never left. We'll be there forever. We should go to the Archipelago, right?
3: <laughs> i I, th- I thought there was like a johnny o'brien uh conversation gonna, well i
2: gonna mean we can we uh, i'm gonna record my own podcast uh yeah about yeah, that, uh, but yeah
3: let, let's just let's just so we don't have to really spend any time on johnny o'brien let's just say shout out to johnny o'brien he had a really nice game 14 points in like 10 minutes which is more than he ever scored for the bucks um so mip maybe
2: i don't know man if you go from <laughs> job to a passable nba play you don't know no i'm just kidding uh but yeah job frank kaminsky 18 points five rebounds two assists and dunking on Giannis.
3: yeah caught Giannis napping which you know again i i tweeted that sort of his probably his biggest weakness defensively is is just um you know the sort of uh, frequency with which guys can can get a get a step on him and oftentimes obviously his length allows him to recover but it looked like he might have been peeking elsewhere off ball when frank went into his drive and he gave, gave him just too much room and frank ended up dunking it wasn't really like a facial per se but he definitely got past Giannis, and and that was definitely on Giannis. so I, I, frank I think, frank kaminsky.
2: i was gonna say i think frank's gonna count that as a facial
3: oh for for him sure yeah but in, in the in the frank kaminsky pantheon of of that's for sure yeah
2: Uh, Okay, so on the bench, Mirza Tletovic, five of nine from the three-point line. uh, And really, I'm trying to think at the half if he had hit any of those or if all five were in the second. No,
3: he got got some in the first half, I think. I think he got one or two maybe.
2: Okay, because I know there are three of oh it was bad three of something three of 13 maybe at the half um from three and yeah I guess you're I, I think he might have hit one or two of those in the second quarter um but still five threes on the night for Mirza Tletovic I'm gonna say this I don't mind him being on the floor with Janos and maybe on this podcast we've suggested that we should see that 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 would be a good pairing, that Giannis and Mirza might work. And to get to it tonight, they went through some very funky lineups. Very funky. Uh, (laughs) Point DeAndre Liggins. (laughs) Point DeAndre Liggins was on the floor, and there was some weird stuff out there. Uh, But at the the same time, I finally got to see more than, like, two or three minutes of Mirza with Giannis. And lo and behold, Giannis getting Mirza Tletovic threes is, is... it's pretty nice. Um, it's a thing that can work out. Uh, and that was certainly highlighted on uh, that play in transition where Dele throws it to Giannis uh, kind of a little bit late in the middle of the floor. Giannis one touch behind the back pass to Mirza Tladovic Se- across court, which doesn't make any sense. An across court behind the back pass, uh, but hits Mirza there. I-, I thought Mirza had a good night.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's now nine out of 19 um, from three on the season. Uh, and lay you know,
2: lay sick, lay sick, lay yeah, sick.
3: Yeah, The goggles. Uh, the goggles are are. What is? Isn't there a Simpsons quote like "The goggles they do nothing." Well, <laughs> not these goggles. They <laughs> do something. Um, yeah. So, uh, shout out to uh to Mirza's uh ophthalmologist, um, <laughs> for for hooking him up with the LASIK surgery or whatever happened there. And um, you know, a- as we said, I think. We expected, certainly, he was ripe to to at least shoot better from three this year. Um, And tonight, you know, I think he just got a few... He got more looks where he was on balance, really spotting up. Wasn't, you know, off balance. A lot of times, obviously, I think that's where people get a little, you know... Uh, not thrilled with his shot selection yeah. when he's, you know, catch and shoot, off balance, kind of stuff like that. But um tonight he he did hit one of those uh <laughs> late <laughs> in the shot clock. Like a double clutch from about thirty feet out, which Buzzer you know, Beater sure, at the end of the third needed. Yeah, just sort of showed it was it was his night. But um yeah, Toledovich I thought, you know, gave them really nice minutes. And, you know, I think the other kind of the other thing that is a plus two, I think is Um, Especially on a night like this, we haven't talked about Malcolm Brogdon being out yet, but Brogdon misses a game with uh, an ankle injury, which apparently happened on the last play where he stole the ball and fed Giannis for that dunk uh, on Saturday. That is our
2: hypothesis, yes.
3: That's the hypothesis, I guess. I mean, I don't know if it's a good sign that it wasn't obvious during the game and he didn't seem to come out um, or I, I don't know I, I assume that's a good thing but yeah. it sounds like it's a kind of a day-to-day thing hopefully with um, a couple days off that will help him be ready for Thursday um, because certainly that was kind of the one equalizer for me um. Obviously, Jabari's. We know Jabari's not playing right now. But you know, looking at the Hornets, knowing Batum is out, knowing that Zeller and and Kit Gilchrist were out tonight, he kind of circled this one, at, going after out of the weekend, saying like, okay, you have to win this game. <laughs> this is a game you need to win. And then knowing that Brogdon was not going to play, and that your you know point guard rotation was Vadova and you know, I I was guessing GP two might get a look, and he, he did. did. <laughs> he he was minus eight in three three minutes, which he got know, his look. Yeah, plus mine is not always a, a great uh, indicator of, you know, what you contribute, but, um, GP2 out there with kind of a, ragtag group uh, off the bench um did, did did not work in the short stint and um weirdly enough uh not only did did jason kidd go with you know no no true point guard at various points uh of the game when delhi was out he played 33 minutes so it's not like delhi played you know 40 minutes or something but um i mean we saw deandre liggins literally dribble the ball up the court and sort of get the bucks into their offense <laughs> like yeah, uh, that
2: might be generous but yeah
3: yeah yeah and liggins you know again Liggins, the plus-minus numbers weren't good this time around, minus 12, but um, hit two out of four shots, including one out of two threes, one assist, one steal, one block, uh, a couple turnovers. So, you know, a couple moments where I was like, eh, DeAndre, don't dribble the ball. Yeah, I, um, I
2: talked to him a little bit post-game, and he said that uh, obviously he, he didn't get training camp with the team. Like, he just kind of right. joined. Right, joined up. Uh, and he was like, defensively, it doesn't affect me. Like, I, I'm going to... I'm going to do what I do defensively, and I'm going to listen to my bigs call whatever I need to do, like if I'm playing a left hip, or right hip, like if I'm forcing him whichever way. Uh, he's like, but offensively, he's like, I've only been activated for these two games, and he's like, I knew how to space better tonight just because I played with, with these guys in a, in a game. He's like, I understood where they'd want me to go and he was like so now i'm to a point where like i understand oh Giannis is gonna want me to move to to this spot and uh as you saw obviously he gets two threes off tonight and they're both catch and shoot looks and both relatively open and he he said he felt like he just had a better idea of where to go on the floor which which
3: makes sense so um again and, I, I, and his other and his other shot was a looked like a corner three but i think his foot was on the yep. line right so um his, his maybe his his spatial awareness uh at the Bradley Center needs a little bit of work but um yeah nearly two nearly a couple of threes so don't um, ever
2: don't it, ever dribble though deandre no
3: that, that's no. not but them. i but I, I agree i mean like you know i you know looking at this looking at him as a guy that you know again we didn't even think was going to be on the roster right before yeah. we randomly saw his name get get on a press release about being claimed off waivers um yeah i mean his play is certainly yeah you know, been deserving of minutes, um, you know, we'll kind of see, right? Like, I think we'd, we'd probably rather see, you know, Sterling Brown win some minutes here, but certainly Liggins has not hurt his chances of, of sticking with the team.
2: We talked about the other night, like there's, there are minutes to be had at the backup two, if you want to call it that, or backup kind of one or whatever. And especially tonight with Brogdon out. Um, But either way, there's, there's minutes to be had there. And this is kind of what we've always said with Rashad Vaughn, like, hit open threes, don't turn the ball over, like, play good defense. And you can play. You can get minutes. And in the two games that he's played, DeAndre Liggins has done that better than Rashad Vaughn. Uh, yeah. And we haven't really gotten to see Sterling Brown get a chance to do that. But, I mean, if, if you need a more uh, – I guess that's it's something that we've always said. Like this is the physical manifestation of that. Like this is what it's supposed to look like: is just playing defense, spacing the floor, and if you're there, knock down a shot. And I mean that
4: that's just kind of the job description. And we're seeing Liggins execute it right now. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. file with 100% accuracy, and get you your max refund, guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.
3: Yeah, and you know the fact that he can defend point guard, I mean, very similar to Tony Snell in the sense that even though he has clearly wing size right no one would confuse him for a combo guard or even a shooting guard really probably more of a small forward um he he can defend one through three i mean i i imagine he could hold up and mismatch, you know and switches on fours too and um that's the kind of versatility defensively and if if he can continue to hit those open corner threes that um you know we saw it with tony snell uh who who had another solid night tonight 13 points on eight shots five out of five free throws uh plus 22 um tony continues to play well interestingly just oh for one from three so uh, there were a couple of you know we talked about this last game too The sort of these no 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 yes type type plays um (laughs) tony's got some confidence yeah. Second half maybe a little too much confidence. Yeah, he had a couple a of much. like floater type shots that were not, you, not but ideal. Not you. Yeah. Um but he, he you know, and, it, and a couple of his buckets early were off nice, you know, were off dunks. One of them, I think he had a couple off nice passes from yep. Del Vidova who um, you know, as much as we, we complain about Delhi tonight, you know, sort of staying in his lane. Missed both of his threes, but one out of three overall. You know, he wasn't forcing shots. Nine assists and just one turnover in 33 minutes. Um, and I, I just felt like, you know, he was getting out of the way enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we always complain about the Bucks trying to run too much stuff being – too much stuff being deli-dependent. Yep. Uh, especially late in games. And tonight, that that wasn't really the case. He was a plus 17, so obviously – um and I mean you know, he
2: played I, 33 minutes so he had a chance for us to feel that way and yeah. not not really I don't think once during that game did I feel like man they're just leaning on deli too much here which I think should be a positive sign cuz if there's one thing that we we kind of have always complained about it's everyone feeling somewhat neutered while he's on the floor which doesn't make sense because it's just deli um but everyone has kind of had kind of felt that last year um and that hasn't been the case thus far this year chris has been fine with him on the floor janice has been fine with him on the floor um so we'll see if that continues but it's certainly a good trend obviously i don't think you want to be paying nine and a half million dollars for that every year um but the fact that he's fitting better into that role and not i don't want to say making other people feel uncomfortable but just kind of bogarting some of the the playmaking that that seems to be Trending in the right direction. I'm not sure if it's real, but we'll we'll have to keep an eye on it.
3: Yeah, for sure. And um, I, I think uh, just thinking, looking at this game defensively, um, it's the best numbers-wise defensive performance of the year for the Bucks. They allowed 96 points per 100, which is well above their their season averages um i asked you to guess uh, i was looking at the stats before we went on the air uh where the bucks ranked after this game in terms of defensive rating and you correctly guessed 20th yeah Uh, a nice round number so you know again after four games bucks pretty much right where they were last year um you know interestingly their their defensive rating is actually a fair bit better but just the overall league numbers right now tend to be are, are a little bit depressed um, in terms of just offensive ratings overall. So um, anyway, we'll we'll kind of have to see how that evolves. Their corner threes allowed are, are actually uh, well down. I think they are now at five and a half allowed per game after 8.7 last year. But um, obviously, you know, it's the whack-a-mole problem. Like, OK, you, maybe teams aren't exploiting in there, but they're exploiting elsewhere. I think um, looking at this game, you know, uh, they allowed just seven out of 26 from three Again, it's probably some good luck there in, in allowing just 27% from three. Um, Kemba was just one out of six. Jeremy Lamb was just one out of five. Um, Kemba just always scares the daylights out of me because yep. his his handle is just so tight, and he's able to create space so well for himself. He's really become really good at that kind of pull-up three off out of the pick and roll. Man, it's um,
2: never in a million years that I think he would be this good in the NBA, like after watching him for those first couple of years. And I know they always say it takes a couple years for point guards, but just the improvements he's made in his game, man, it, it's crazy.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, they contained him well enough, um, yeah. you know, credit, credit the bigs for not being completely exploited. Um, when Kemba was, was able to kind of get, get, uh, get pick and rolls going. Um, and I think, you know, looking at some of the, some of the numbers as well, you know, just 32 points in the paint, for uh, for the Hornets, um, helped a lot that they had a very good strategy of just fouling Dwight Howard when he was around the basket. And in spite of him having seven offensive rebounds, um, 22 the 22
2: rebounds overall,
3: 22 total. The Bucks held Dwight to eight points because he was 0 for nine from the foul line. That'll and, help. You know, you look at I mean, if if you look at the area where the Hornets blew this game, I'm sure. They'll kind of go back, and if you're a Hornets fan, you probably say, "Man, we didn't shoot the ball well. You know, 17 assists against 14 turnovers, so they kind of played in the Bucks' hands there. They didn't work the ball around. They didn't obviously pay off, you know, those three the three point looks. Um, But uh, man, 21 out of 36 from the foul line, uh, they were good if you exclude Dwight, right? I mean, if you take out. Um, if you take out dwight uh, from that you're at seventy eight percent I think um so you're, you'd be fine if if not for dwight but um, again the bucks you know, t- strategically fouled um I do think it'll be interesting to watch and we talked against about it the other night putting teams on the foul line um, has been an issue this year it's been yeah. an issue in the past uh and you know again it's just one more area where um you know, if you if you run teams off the line, maybe you cut down your three point point looks a little bit. But, you know, how do you avoid fouling? And I think I think I worry a little bit that the Bucks have become maybe, you know, and they're not the only team like this. But, you know, when when teams become so ingrained about help defense, guys just don't defend as man defenders as yep. well. And it's almost like oh, someone's got it. Sometimes you got to just stop the ball, you know, and, yep. and just man up. And, um, you know, even Giannis is, you know, as we said on the perimeter, Giannis is susceptible to, to that as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, defensively that you'd feel better about this game. You know, uh, interestingly, um, we talk a lot about the bucks being bad from a distribution standpoint cause they don't force mid range shots. Um, tonight, Charlotte, that's that was kind of where their biggest advantage was they were had a 20 to 6 advantage on mid-range jumpers uh or sorry mid-range points uh over the Bucks. so you know that's an area where if you're gonna if you're gonna lose a game or you're gonna lose a, an area you'd much rather lose the battle of the mid-range than um than the battle of the three-point line and um both teams shoot 26 times from three of the bucks nine out of 26 uh the hornets seven out of 26 so um so yeah uh, i think defensively a better effort, um, you know. I thought uh, maybe we talk a little bit about you know defense. Obviously, talk about centers a lot. Um, and another, this was pr- this was probably the most amusing game the Bucks have had from a center rotation perspective because not only did John Henson play, but he only played the fourth quarter. Right? Am yep. I remembering this correctly? And he played, he played all the twelve int- minutes. He was basically Jason Kidd is using John Henson. We joked about him being a closer the other night. (laughs) He's literally a closer at this point. Jason made that joke
2: post-game. He was like, I guess it's kind of like in baseball. I'm using him like the closer. And we're like, yeah. Like when he said it, I was like, yeah, man, that's what we talked about on Lockdown Buckets the other week.
3: And it's so weird. That is the weirdest thing. And if it was anyone but Jason Kidd, we would say, surely this will never happen again. (laughs) Um, But with Jason Kidd, I have no idea. And... You know, it's and sort tonight
2: of Moose actually got minutes, so I, yeah, I, I don't. That's weird.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, Greg was not great um, efficiency wise, four out of nine, eight points, but it felt like he was more productive. He wasn't, you know, getting uh, abused.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> as obviously, um, I think I want to say was was I think he came in when Dwight was in the game, but then. I think he also matched up, I want to say, against J.O.B. at some point. And, yeah. um, you know, J.O.B., like we said, had himself a night, 14 points on seven shots. But um, J.O.B. was a minus 12. Greg was a plus five. Um, Greg also seven boards, three assists in 21 minutes, plus five overall. Um, so, again, you know. And, all and three centers were
2: a plus. Thon just yeah, barely a plus one, but still, all three centers were a plus.
3: Yeah, and Thon had an interesting night. Um you know, he got he got what three steals in the first quarter just from basically fronting Dwight Howard and just working hard and denying Howard catches. Yep. Um, and so that was, I think, a positive, um, you know, ultimately he plays 16 minutes, got his fifth foul, I think, what, early in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I like and I think kids done this a little bit uh, in some of the other games too, Like basically doesn't worry about Thon's fouls. <laughs> Just let him go. yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it's the thing. I, I feel like last year he may have pulled him early when he gets a couple fouls, and it's like, why bother pulling him because of you're fouls? Only you're gonna play not going to. Yeah, exactly. Like if he fouls out, you know, he fouls out. Um, he's not like you're, you know, you're, you're probably not going to go to him in crunch time anyway, unless, you know, he's really playing well or something. So um, kind of a mixed bag for Thon. Uh, he goes two out of seven. All but one of those were from three point ranges. Howard was just indifferent to coming out and guarding him. And he hit two of them, which was, you know, again, um, you'd love to see him pay off a little bit more. Um,
2: they were all and, open.
3: They were all open, and the thing that the only my only regret there was he he kind of he missed I think he missed one badly in the third quarter, and then he stopped shooting him. He had a chance to shoot like another one or two, and then he and took a
2: pull up jump. Come on, yeah, dog. no, yeah, like he could it's have taken another shot. three,
3: and he dribbled in and took like an elbow like push you. shot kind of like leaning jumper. Yeah, it was just like dude, like no, shoot and the two. I, right, and I think and and i don't know i mean this is one of those things that is probably a little uncomfortable for people to think about but you know i mean we've talked obviously we don't have expectations of thon offensively being really a dynamic player and nope. um certainly what we've seen from him early this season we haven't seen him do anything basically other than shoot open threes and maybe dunk on open dunks a couple times yep. um he's not really giving not really doing anything as far as offensive rebounding um he's really just kind of what he was last year right just stretch the floor offensively and then work hard defensively try to you know be active maybe not do maybe not he's not maybe doing things that that pop out in a box score but um i I don't know i mean i think it's funny We'll, we'll talk more about some of the eric bledsoe rumors probably tomorrow but um you know i i made a comment like i i wouldn't put Thawne or Brogdon into an Eric Bledsoe trade. And, you know, someone asked me, I forget who it was. Someone asked me, he's like, why, what's the obsession with Thawne? Like, why, you know, why would you be so beholden to keeping him? And I I think it's a fair question because we've talked about his trade value may never be higher than it is right now, right? I mean, if he doesn't really evolve his game. um, But by the same token, he's on a rookie contract for another couple of years and, he fits kind of what the Bucks want to do so well. I mean, he fits kind of where the game is going so well and in a world where so much of your offense is predicated on creating room for Giannis and having, you know, mobile defenders who can defend pick and roll and, you know, defend multiple positions from big to small. Um, you know, again, Thon doesn't have to really like max out as some star type player to, to be valuable and, and fit well. So anyway, it's,
2: I think it's fun. It's funny that you say that about Brogdon and Maker because I think both of them in some ways, you're having those same discussions. That what they do is incredibly valuable in that they can both stretch the floor, they can both defend a number of positions, but – ultimately obviously Brogdon's gotten better at it this year and he's continuing to improve in that regard as a playmaker but both of them probably aren't ever going to be primary playmakers primary scorers so how do they get paid what is their value is their value more in Milwaukee than it would be other places um and then how does the rest of the league value that like I think it's it's a very interesting question uh, to kind of think about uh Context dependent situations for these guys that in certain environments they're going to do better. And it just happens to be that if you're going to play with a superstar whose one problem is that he can't really shoot, well, maybe they have way more value here. So, um, yeah, I look forward to our, our conversation about that. We can talk about that. But yeah, at this point, Thon, I, I don't know that I'm upset. If every shot he would take is a three, or a lob or a a bounce pass on a rim run for a dunk like that's fine with me that that in fact that'd be great i don't care if he ever takes a hook shot he he can he can do those two things and if he can do those two things efficiently that's that's one heck of a basketball player if you add in a guy that can also defend a couple different positions uh so i yeah, th- those two guys are interesting, and we can talk about them a little bit more. Um, anything else you're thinking about with this game? Uh, other thoughts that you had?
3: Um, no, I, I think that's that's mostly it. Um, you know, again, I think you hope that that Chris <laughs> maybe hitting that late three uh, can can maybe bump Chris's confidence up a little bit. Um, See, you know, Frank, I I tried not to tweet it
2: tonight uh but good god man there are good looks everywhere yeah like the bucks were 3 of 13 from 3 and i don't want to say i i would need to review it but i would guess 10 of those 3s were would either be classified as open or wide open uh by however uh, like the defense of how much, how far away the defender is like they just get open looks all the time. And uh, I know before this game, I think they were 10 in offensive efficiency. I'm not sure where they'd be tonight. They probably take a little bit of a bump down. But I said the other night, like, I don't. If they continue to get these looks, if Giannis it continues to draw all this attention, at some point, all these threes are, are going to fall in. Or at least a, a higher number of these threes are going to fall in. And I think you could really see this offense take off. So it's going to be interesting to watch. But man, I. Every night I've, I've watched them play this year, I just keep thinking to myself, man, these dudes are so open. And that's that's kind of a, a great feeling if you're trying to get your offense going.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, it, you know, it's a fun—I fu- was thinking about this the other day. It's sort of tangential that um, I think most people who follow the game have probably heard some variation of the phrase that, like, the Warriors and, like, these great offensive teams, like— They'll they'll pass on a good shot to get a great shot. Yep. I I don't really buy I that. Not like it's true. I, yeah, I mean, I I was actually looking at this because I, I I I feel like you know those teams are great because look at Steph Curry's shot selection. Look at Klay Thompson's shot selection. Like they take bad shots for an average shooter. Yep. <laughs> and but they're so good at bad shots that. Um, you know, they, they can just, I mean that to me, that's the big differentiator. The bucks are not that kind of team. Um, I was looking at, um, I found, I forget where it was, but I found a a breakdown of percent of shots that were wide open in an offense. Mm -hmm. And I think the warriors last year, like I want to say 33% of their shots were considered wide open versus the bucks. I think 32% of their shots were wide open. So that kind of felt like it was at least some validation that you know, there's not like some clear correlation between, uh, again, it's not like the, the, Warriors still get, do get a lot of open shots, but, um, and it makes sense, right? Cause they have so many guys who can create gravity, yep. but I, I also don't feel like this is a team that's, and again, if you want to play fast, you don't play fast by being super, super patient and yep. passing up open threes and things like that. Like if clay Thompson passes up a marginally open three, He's made a mistake, <laughs> like you know, yeah. you know, So I, I don't know. That just kind of randomly came to mind. But I agree. I mean, I think the box quality of of looks has been good. Um, and you know, an interesting thing too. I've, I, you know, I've been noticing in the the box score. So I use this um, Chrome extension. If people w- so want to know more, it is yeah. If people so want to know more, um, I forget the name of, it, but it basically creates it takes espn box scores and then gives you live advanced stats at all times and it also gives you like fast break points points in the paint points off turnovers mid-range points all these like good stats and it does it live throughout the game just like automatically um and it was interesting because of the Bucks fast break points that they've been calculating, which I think is is calculated off of um, the play by play box yep. score. I think it's basically like you know like six seconds or less after an inbound, like do you score or not? Uh, I think that's what they're doing. Um, that the Bucks numbers have been very low. And last year, um, I forget where the Bucks were, but you know, right now the Bucks. I just looked on the NBA.com stat just to see if maybe like the you know this extension was giving me like bad data or something but so far in four games the bucks are averaging six and a half fast break points per game which is very very low like the bucks are not getting many fast break points right now so they're they are not getting you know easy buckets by any stretch of the imagination in fast break now Giannis still gets to the rim in sort of semi-transition and things like that and obviously that's awesome and that's partly why he's so valuable um but in terms of like the official fast break stat that the nba keeps like last year they were at 13.8 points per game this year six and a half so um that's another
2: i'd be curious what the number is in like that next range
3: yeah and i I think
2: if you look because i think i think think in like semi-transition secondary 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 breaks i think they just kill this year because so often they'll push and then instead of Giannis like attacking out of control. It'll be just a a baseline, or it'll be uh, just a quick post up. And uh, I think we've seen a number of times. So I, I think I'm going to dig into that as well because I'm very curious about kind of the the time segments because that can be a very meaty time uh, of the shot clock. Like if it isn't the first six seconds of the possession, but that next four to five seconds, like you're still the other team's still trying to get matched up that there can still be some cross matches. Like there's still some interesting stuff there. And I do think the bucks are doing a a nice job in that range. So uh, we'll have to check that out. But I I would agree. Like I I think maybe the fast break isn't uh, getting to be where they want it to be, but I think their pace is good and it's getting them good looks in just a slightly later time period.
4: Yeah.
3: And I mean the, the plus side and the interesting thing is, so a lot of times, you know you think of fast break points it, it will be correlated with a couple things like points in the paint oftentimes like you know fast break points oftentimes for a team like the bucks because they're not shooting threes there'll be some correlation there like you know you're getting easy buckets or just dunks or something like that um the bucks are actually up 5.4 points per game and points in the paint from 48.6 last year to 54 per game this year obviously you can attribute most of that probably to Giannis because he's just been living there um but interesting, points off turnovers, that's another one, right? You can think of points off turnovers being correlated with fast break points. They're only down a point in points off turnovers. Last year, 17.3 per game. This year, 16.3 per game. And probably the reason why the decline in fast break points, you know, other than the fact that it's a somewhat arbitrary cutoff and they're probably doing a lot more damage in sort of these secondary transition points, like Synergy also has a transition point per game, points per game numbers that they track for players. I I imagine if we look in that, we'll probably find a lot more um, points being categorized that way. But, you know, using whatever the cutoff is for for the NBA.com stats last year. I mentioned the Bucks dropping from 13.8 to 6.5 so far. Interestingly, opponents, uh, last year, 11.7, which was very good. The Bucks have been a very good team at defending and stopping the opponent fast break. Giannis being sort of just like an extremely intimidating guy in the open court is probably part of that. Um, but this year, three and a half points per game allowed in transition, um, which is pretty incredible. And yeah. I, I, again, I'd probably want to look into this because it seems crazy low and uh, i do wonder if maybe there's just something going on in the data but um but anyway interesting stuff to look at and uh again you know kind of it's obviously very early to start trying to drawing many conclusions about you know what the bucks defense we know you know we obviously talk all the time about the Bucks scheme and you know the big question marks around that scheme and whether that's you know really something you can succeed with sustainably in the modern nba um i don't know i mean it's it's early to obviously be kind of drawing many conclusions around like if the results if if they can figure out some way to at least maybe use their talent to overcome some of the schematic issues um as he said 20th in defense so far so nothing to write home about they've maybe had you know a few teams in the first three opponents were were pretty good offensively but um you know we'll obviously track this stuff throughout the season because um regardless of you know what we think of the scheme at this point you just kind of cross your fingers and hope that they can figure out a way to make it work and use that personnel correctly and um again tonight it worked out ultimately um and we'll see moving forward next on thursday against boston if they can uh, maybe build on that a little bit
2: all right frank i think that's all we got Bucks win 103 94 on a mediocre night from Yasudet Akumbo. Uh, he leads the way. <laughs> 32 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 6 turnovers, 13 for 21 from the field. Um, I, I clearly jest, but uh, he is setting quite a standard. So, a big night for him. Chris Middleton hits a big shot late. Bucks uh, to put the book bucks up ninety nine ninety four and that was the I think he was one for fifteen before he hits that three so a big one maybe Chris gets going but twenty points for him on the night with six rebounds three assists a steal and a big block late Bucks win three and one on the season and that is going to be it for Lockdown on Bucks we got some. Trade rumors to talk about, Frank, and I know I'm excited about it. I imagine you are just as excited about it. We will do that uh, tomorrow. That was Frank Men. I'm Eric Name. We'll talk to you later.
3: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On
0: podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.